On this episode of the Malaysia Show Quarantine Series, I chat with Shay Dawson, who is the Director of Athlete and Community Relations at Overtime, who is also an advocate for human connection, where she explains the Shay Dawson experience. We get into the obstacles in her journey, but also dive deeper into how she's gotten where she is today. Stay safe and enjoy the tea. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Good to see you. How's everything going? Going good. Um, as you can see, I'm still in quarantine mode. <laughs> as you should be. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do myself up a little bit this time just in case. <laughs> I know. I was going to, but then I'm just like, I have to be my authentic self because I'm just tired. <laughs> you are beautifully authentic in your own self. So that's all that matters. But Thank you. Thank what's you. been going on? How's like how has your quarantine experience been um it's been interesting i know now that i'm not a work from home person uh, <laughs> i need human connection i need to be out in the world i need to be moving and shaking and just go on the go i need that um but it's been nice to chill it's been nice to relax um yeah so it's been cool i want to take it back to when we first met back in february which is literally a few months ago in Chicago, we were in the Michael Jordan restaurant, chatting it up, getting to know each other, living our best lives. And right. like what it boggles my mind how we're at the state in, in the world right now and, and have to face this pandemic. What has transpired throughout those couple of months since we last saw each other? Wow. So um, I would say morale was high after we met each other. I was very excited about uh, the people I met. At All Star, I was excited about um, the companies I interacted with and, and, you know, those relationships that I was ready to take home. And, and I mean, actually, quarantine helped build those because we've been able to email and talk and text and FaceTime and Zoom. Um, but I would say I was excited. I was, I was ready to get going. And then we had all the events coming after, McDonald's All-American, Jordan Brand Classic, uh, Final Four, Men and Women's, like, you know, we had a lot of stuff to look forward to in the basketball community. So I was excited for that. And then the SEC tournament. Now, my boyfriend coaches or used to coach now since he graduated this year. Uh, he was a grad assistant at Mizzou and the SEC tournament was happening. And I went, I went to Nashville. I was so excited. It was my first one, like blue blood, power five, you know, I was excited. And uh, yeah, it got canceled. And I was like, no. I, I felt so bad. <laughs> yeah, there was so much heartbreak that came with everything that got yes. Oh, yeah. everything canceled, the feelings of, of all that coming coming about and especially like it hit us without knowing. Like we you know we were yeah. it was so unexpected. None of us were really anticipating what would have happened. Obviously there was talk about it before the year um started, but boom, just hits you and we're all in lockdown. What right. um were you going through anything? mentally emotionally i mean i know we briefly spoke about it through text the other week but yeah what, what was going on through your mind yeah well um when i first started i was kind of excited because uh, i hadn't seen my boyfriend about like two months before that uh so i was excited to see him in nashville and also get to celebrate you know um possibly wins you know i don't know i don't know what was going to become of the team but uh i was excited for that and then we got routed back to missouri um and then we stayed there for three months so I packed a bag with like four outfits and I was in Missouri for about three months so that was crazy but he got wow. sick he uh so we went to go get tested for COVID 
because he was feeling symptoms. I had been around him. Uh, he was also exposed to somebody on the plane coming back mm -hmm. from the tournament. So we were like, okay, let's go get tested. We went to get tested. And he ended up having a mild heart attack and didn't know it. And so that kind of put me Your in Your boyfriend crazy. had a mild heart attack. Yes. And then he also got di diagnosed with pneumonia. Oh, man. Which he's like, I think I have COVID because I'm dying. And he was. So we had, we had to isolate each other. So I was in a different room. He was in one room for 14 days. And that was tough. So I was going through it a little bit mentally. Um, I was uninspired. I didn't want to work. Um, you know, I was, I was in a bad way. But uh, I figured it out. Um, I, start, I developed what's called like not yoga. So I don't necessarily practice yoga, but I like some things I pull from it. And I like some things from traditional meditation. So I combined the things that I love and I created not yoga. So which is dope. I like dope. that. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I kind of find what not yoga like my not yoga was going out to the park, <laughs> taking a, a daily bike ride, reading, writing in my journal. You know? So I think I've I've found that wusa, that kind of zen exactly moment. So exactly. I'm with you. And, so an um, intentional practice. That's that's what I basically learned from this, which has been good. I like that. When we were back in in Chicago at NBA All Star, I sat in on a panel with your co-founder of Overtime, Zach, and <laughs> yeah. He, Awesome. He spoke a lot about, you know, switching up the norm in the media world, especially with sports, um, you know, really catering to the 20 something year olds. What do you think is so important about that? And especially with your role as the director of uh, athlete and community relations at Overtime? Yeah, um, it's the next generation. It's, it's the new, the new normal, the new age. Uh, and really, we're raising them on our platform, you know. We're informing them. We're um, curating their ideas and their thoughts and letting them um, create content with us. I mean, we depend on our community immensely. I mean, we are a community. Um, we, we call ourselves, we're a brand, you know, we, we're a digital brand, we're a sports brand. We're just a vibe, you know, overtime is a vibe. So if you have a, if you, if you can think of your most lit best friend, like, that you always have a good time with and that's always going to let you rock and let you go outside the box and not you know judge you or say we can't do this or we can't do that that's who overtime is we are your lit best friend I, I'm <laughs> we, are your, that. we are your lit best friend <laughs> uh we have a, a diverse staff you know in terms of age and gender and race uh we have women in power men in power um yeah i mean we just literally embody what we want the rest of the world to be like we are a super community and uh we try to make sure we exude that and in my role i mean i connect i'm connected with people right i'm connected with athletes i'm connected with our parents and i'm connected with you know the average uh 16 year old and just i i listen to them i talk to them we dm uh you know i post things on social media to talk to them you know not directly to them but maybe get them thinking um yeah so it's it's been really cool just to to learn how to build a community and then listen to the community and provide what they're asking for so i love it and that's the vibe exactly what you said there you <laughs> over time is my lit best friend like the moment i saw the content coming out of it i was like yes like as a 20 something year old i was like yes 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 to everything and, and that was the vibe i got from you when we first met i was just like yo she's dope we got to stay connected and i'm glad we did which is why we're here right now um, and I want to touch on a couple of things you mentioned, like, you know, over time as a company and you recently posted about the co-founders and how they have been allies throughout this entire, you know, not even just this situation that just transpired, but also 
as a company. Like, talk to me more yeah. about how someone that who who is not black, who is not um, you know comfortable with being in the state they're in, how could they be a better ally? Yeah, um, I would say listen, research, ask them questions, ask them. You know, are you okay? How can I help? You know, I saw this really cool thing. Can you explain? You know what I mean? Like, really, just interact. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes just a check in is nice and you don't have to say i want to learn more i don't you know you don't because you don't know how that person's going to receive it some people are very open and want to share some people are very guarded and don't think it's their responsibility to share i think um i i've been having a lot of conversations with my friends about everything going on and um i i've been sending them resources because that's what i want to do i i know that I'm a person that's super connected and I understand. And I know there's a lot of people who are walking around this world, just oblivious and, and living in their own bubble. And um, I'm just, I'm a servant leader, but I'm also a person who is, if I'm, if I'm okay, that's great. But if you're not okay, I'm not great. Like I take my energy from the world. So yeah, so it's just one of those things where uh, Dan and Zach are just, they're my lit best friends too. You know, they understand, <laughs> they get it. Um, they're just, they're about human, you know, they're about human connection. They get it. They're just human people, you know, like we're all humans. We're all working for the same goal. If you're telling me that there's an issue, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to do my research and I'm going to stand with you. Talk to me more about that human connection. Yeah. So the Shade Austin experience is kind of like the example I gave, um, but it's basically my intention in this world to make sure that every person I come in contact with, it's the best possible human experience that I can provide to them person to person. So always just making sure that every person has a tailored experience. Not everybody is the same and not everybody needs to be handled the same. Um, and not that people need to be handled, but loved the same, right? And so everyone needs to be loved differently. And me understanding that from a young age, just my mom parenting me and my brother, we are completely different. And my mom did such a good job of handling my brother what he needed and also handling what I need. I was more independent but I was very passionate about certain things. Like uh, I want to be involved in programs at school. Like I know we don't have the money, but tell me how I can find the money. Like ask your friends if I can work for them, like figure out what I can do. Cause I need to be active out there. I need to, that's just, Oh, I've always been like that. My brother's more introverted, loves to stay in the house, but loves to work out, go to the gym, play basketball. You know, he went to the NBA and like, he did his thing, but he's still introverted. You know, he yeah. still needs to be handled differently, especially when, uh, parenting comes involved like if he's in trouble or things like that like we don't even though we both get in trouble and do things as kids like we my mom handled it differently she didn't handle it one way you know like my brother had to write book reports because he needed to like learn more about why he shouldn't do that me I would you know my mom would talk to me and I, I got it like I got you I'm not going to do that again I'm not going to you know uh, communicate I'm not going to take the bus without communicating with you I'm taking the bus like she always like needs to know where I was and stuff like that in case something happened to me so I think I kind of adopted that stuff from my mom. Um, but yeah, just making sure that I'm being the best possible girlfriend <laughs> to my boyfriend or the best possible daughter or the best possible sister. And that's understanding where that person's at in the world and then operating from that space. So that's kind of what the Shea Dawson experience is. And it's the same thing with our athletes at overtime, you know, and the parents, you know, some parents are very heavily involved. Some parents are step back parents and they want me to take more, you know, charge and be the communicating with the player versus going through the parent to communicate with the athlete. Um, some kids, you know, have a manager and not necessarily their parents are just like being parents and they don't want to have any involvement. So understanding that dynamic and then 
learning all I can about the whole dynamic and then giving them what they need from that service leadership standpoint. Wow, that's incredible. And I honestly, that's needed. I, especially in a role that you're in and especially in the sports world and especially with athletes that kind of need more direction. I'm with you on that. Now you spoke a little bit about leadership and having people to kind of role model. And I know for many and in the sports world as a whole, Kobe Bryant was that guy. Could you tell me about how he's impacted you in your journey as a not only woman in sport, but a black woman in sport? Yeah, well, I mean, Kobe is my favorite player by far ever in life to the point where I could I for, forever to the point where I don't I don't think I'll ever have another player. Like I don't I look at other basketball players and I say, that's great. They're, they're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't idolize him the way I did Kobe. Um, but I would say just everything he stood for, his mom and mentality, how he could say he was going to do something and do it. That's what I admire. I don't know if I'm that way. I think that's why I admire it a lot more. I try to be like that. I try I to say, <laughs> I'm going to dominate this. I'm going to dominate this. And then next thing you know, I go out there and I, and I completely dominate it. I definitely try to. Um, I think having both sides of like a fearless leader and then being a vocal leader, I try to take a lot of that from Kobe. Um, I mean, what, what, I, what he did off the court though and transformed himself into a completely different person, I didn't see it coming, but I was so proud. I was so proud to see him sitting courtside, you know, at UConn games and WNBA games and taking Gianna and explaining to her you know, Mamba methods and, you know, the game, learning the game as a student. I was very proud of that. Um, and I just, I just love that. And so it just showed me though, that you can be an extreme person in this way and really focus in and, and be um, assertive and, you know, aggressive and, and all these things. And then you can also have another side to you. you. There's two, you know, there's more than one side to a person. And so I love that Kobe showed that. So those are the things I take from him, you know, those are the things I take from him. And, and you said you think you are like that. I, you are like that because when we first met, you brought, you broke down the story of how you got to where you are right now. You told me that at the time it wasn't working for you, what you were doing. So you said, I'm going to go to that specific job um, position and apply and show them that I'm going to get this job. I'm going to show them what I'm worth and I'm going to show them what I'm about. How did that kind of happen? Like what, I mean, I, not that I surprised myself every day, but um, I just was very, very convinced that I had gotten everything I, that I needed out of my, my time in the NBA in terms of I got the experience. I thought it would be a certain way, but when I got there, it was another way. So when I, when I first started, got to the NBA, I thought everyone was a, a guru or like a a super professional at what they did. I'm like, I'm going to go to the NBA and I'm going to meet with this player development guru who's going to teach me all their teachings. In reality, player development is a, a, a flowing kind of role. It's, it's something that you adjust to on the fly. Uh, every player is not the same. So there's no guru in this. Um, and that's when I realized I'm going to be successful at this because I love people and I invest everything I can into people. And when you're authentic, they invest in you. So in return. So that's just what I did with the players. I started off, you know, not being so aggressive, just letting everyone know I'm Shay, you know, I'm from California, from San Diego. 
you know, I have brothers that play ball. I, you know, have done this for them. I'm here for you. I don't know if you'll need me, but if you do, you know, I sit right here. Here's my number. Here's my card, whatever. Kind of just, you know, easing myself in there, not trying to be, you know, too overbearing, right? Or just give my credentials when they didn't even ask. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I just started hanging around them, uh, you know, shooting hoops and just showing that basketball is a part of my life every single day and uh, broke down the barriers and then just started being part of their family and serving them however they needed. And, uh, you know, I just did that for those three years. And I realized also that NBA players um, come into the league. And once they come into the league, they already have a mindset on how they're going to approach the league and the things they're going to be into and the things that they're not going to be into. And so I felt like it was a little difficult to help them be successful from inside the league. Mm -hmm. So that's when I realized I had to move outside the league. Um, and that was when I was feeling like uneasiness just uh, in that third year, because I just felt like I had done everything I could do. Uh, I didn't really see forward momentum or I didn't see other positions that they would allow me to do um, or positions that I just saw that would fulfill me. And so I had created a couple jobs that I thought could be useful in the NBA that weren't in the NBA. And I had them ready, one for the Clippers, one for the Suns and uh, one for a position internal um, that didn't exist, but that I created that I thought could help the culture and the morale um, just be like, you know, a little bit more extra the way I am. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't really you get that extra to, girl. You thing. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm like, Shay, calm down. But um, <laughs> I never got a chance to actually pitch those ideas because something kept happening, some kind of roadblock or something. And I think that was just the universe's way of being like, that's not where you're supposed to go. So then um, I went to New York uh, to an event that Overtime put on called The Takeover. And my godbrother played on the team or played on the um, one of the teams that they uh, put together. And the event was amazing. I mean, they thought about everything. They thought about us as family members, our transportation, our food, our hotel, our experience, you know, from opening the door to having greeters to uh, what we were going to eat at the venue. They had, you know, a little cocktail hour after a certain time for parents and that was dope. And then uh, I said, dang, there's influencers in here. There's NBA player in here. There's high school players, elite high school players all under one roof. I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Not just in the NBA with just NBA players, but if I'm trying to make an impact, I need to impact the, the players before they get to the NBA. So I was like, I need to be at overtime. So after I left New York and I was on the train, I was thinking, damn, how am I going to figure this out? Like, I don't know much about this company. So I went home. I researched all that I needed to research. I talked to my godbrother about how he treat, how they treated him, uh, how he got to know uh, about them and learned. I asked about overtime. Larry, overtime. Larry was like the face of overtime mm -hmm. at the time. It's the only person, only person I knew before Chloe got there. I went back, I created my own job description for overtime. And then I told my goddad, I was like, hey, what's the guy you deal with at overtime? Can I send him my resume? He's like, yeah. So he sends me his email. I send him my resume, but also tell him, you know, I'm, I'm perfect for whatever you guys, you know, I'm, I'm basically, I need to be working I'm, at overtime. I'm that girl. You, I have you skills. Have anybody else. It's me. I know players and I need to be a part of what you guys are doing. And then, um, so yeah, I did that. 
and uh, they called me back and they said, we found a way we can work together. Like, let's, can you come up here for a meeting? And so I went up there for a meeting and then the rest was initially when we first met, like you, we were at, I think we were at like one of the tables where we had the breakout sessions and we're just at the forum, you know, discussing what we had to discuss. But then I was like, I got to talk to Shay. She just like she her vibe for one thing it has everything her energy but then she also has this drive and that drive is what I turned to and during quarantine like I was going through the most I was like what is like am I me like who am I like I couldn't decide I couldn't figure that out but I thought about you for a second like she just told me she left her job that she's been at for x amount of years she told herself that she's worth a lot more and she did what she had to do. Now, what is the message that you can give to this audience that's going to listen to this? A couple of things I struggled with um, before leaving the NBA was, um, well, I guess I didn't struggle with it until I, I gave people the power to control my emotions. Um, and so Ooh. once I took that back, took that power back and, and got out of the victim mode of like, they're not letting me do this you know, and, and blaming, that's when my whole thing changed. I said, I can't control that, but I can control this. I can't control where I go. I can't control where I show up. I can't control my approach to dealing with people who, not that I didn't get along with, that people who didn't understand me. I, I just started to understand that like, they're gonna be who they're gonna be. And this situation is fixed for right now, but I got to do all the things that I can do in order to get myself out of this. And that's what I did. I, I went to the event. I thought about ways I could be useful to that company. I went back. I made a deck about my experience. And then I, I manifested my future. And, and now I'm super happy because I just didn't take that situation, you know, and, and let it. Um, Sat there. You just. You yeah, I didn't let it hinder me. And, and that's yeah. what it's about. And I think a lot of people aren't um, aware of how to kind of maneuver or pivot from this moment because, you know, the emotions that come with being in self-isolation or the, the emotions that come with not knowing what's next. But now that the skies are blue, the, uh, the, sun sh- the sun is shining a little bit more. Right? Like it's been a lot better i would say especially here in in toronto now how are you currently in is it philly i'm back in philly yeah i was in missouri but i'm in philly now yeah yeah and how's how are things going over there with the reopening and and uh um i haven't really been out i went to my friend's birthday i went to her house but she lives like an hour outside of philly so i can't even say i haven't i went to the grocery store once to stock up um and that was a long line we had this social distancing lines with like x's and stuff yeah so that was different but um it was kind of cool too because me and my boyfriend were just talking and you know shooting the crap just talking to each other you know letting the time pass go by but we didn't have work right so it was easy it it was easier to like wait and to relax and to just wait my turn to get into the grocery store and then once I got in it wasn't crowded like Trader Joe's is normally like carts bumping into each other but because of the actual social distancing it was nice to just flow around with nobody on my heels Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I haven't really experienced it because I'm just not ready to go outside yet and really fully immerse myself back into society. Also with everything going on, uh, Philly is like a huge protester. Like we're protesting a lot right now. Like, I mean, our streets are packed, so can't drive anywhere. Um, so yeah, yeah I've just no been way. working from home in home and not doing anything. 
Hey, and we're allowed to be doing that. We keep forgetting that. I think that's a, an important part of this time off that we kind of have. But, but just to quickly touch on more of the justice and the protests that you just mentioned, you know, the video of MLK saying that if justice is postponed, it's going to be what it is. And imagine how long ago that was and imagine where we are right now. What do you see happening next? I see, I see this continuing in terms of um, holding strong, being steadfast, uh, being more outspoken. Um, I always tell my friends who I've been talking to, my non-Black friends, that it's like holding on to a secret that has caused you trauma that you've never been able to openly talk about. And finally, we're able to talk about it. So I think mm -hmm. we can't put the genie back in the bottle. Uh, I already see a lot of uh, activists uh, sharing links and information on how to uh, act right now, do things from your home, um, you know, different programs you can be involved in, defunding this. And so there's all kinds of things, depending on how you feel. I think there's a lot of things. So I think people will move to action. Um, we just got to get our feelings out first and then, uh, you know, let the world know we're hurting and that we don't want to put up with this treatment anymore. And so, yeah, I think we're just going to, we're going to stay strong. And I agree with you. And I think that's a great way to send us off in this conversation. We got to stay strong throughout anything that we're going through. And we're honestly going to make that change as we are every single day. So thank you, Shay, for everything that You're you welcome. said today, for sharing your journey. I know it's going to help a ton of people that are also going to be listening to this. And honestly, like what you've done and what you continue to do just really inspires me. And I know it will when everybody else hears it too and I don't even know thank you you're the best you're the best you thank are you so no, much I, and I'm happy you're doing this I'm, I'm so happy you said I'm gonna make a decision and I'm gonna do what I feel and then figure it out from there but as long as you're doing it'll it'll manifest itself it'll start to work out it'll start to people start to reach out they're gonna see what you're doing but you can't look at like oh I should be this far along or I should be doing this just as long as you're doing just keep doing thank you I yeah. needed that and, and I know a lot of people are going to need that too. So thank you so much, Shay, for your time. I appreciate you're so well much. You're amazing. You're beautiful. And thank honestly, you. keep doing what you're doing. Same. And if you need me, you know I'm here. So hit me up. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, love. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Melissa Hernandez Show. Be sure to subscribe to all podcast platforms and youtube.com slash Hernandez You can also contact us at melissahernandez.com.